Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves Wings Over more than I love the melt, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Wings Over is a is so good. Mm-hmm. It's a great establishment. It is a wing place in a lot of college towns, um, and I just have so many fond memories of the place. We went there yesterday. We had a little visit to Bowling Green, um, which we are going to get into in a second. But let's welcome on the third member of this podcast who I know loves Wings Over uh, maybe not necessarily just as much as me, but in a in a similar level uh, as we have probably gotten it. I don't know a hundred times in college. It was so many times. That is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Uh, ben, how are you today? I'm fantastic, and you're right. Wings over is is phenomenal, Trevor. It's tough to compare it to Melto because it's so different, and they're both very special in yeah. their own way. But um, I, I well, he was I, comparing how much fantastic. he likes Melt. He, he okay. was it was a, a satisfaction yeah. rating. Okay. Which I, is reasonable because Trevor loves you, Mel. You, and you do like Wings Over a lot, so I think that's a close yes. call then. I, I do agree. I mean, Mel's amazing too, so I know how much Trevor likes it. So honestly, I take that as a compliment, Trevor. Um, but uh, gentlemen, we had a fun day. We were all together yesterday. We went to Bowling Green State University homecoming game. Uh, big shout out to Taylor Jefferson. She's listening to this, um, who, who supplied us with some tickets. That was very kind of him. Um, so thank you very much, Taylor. Uh, if you're listening... Um, the game, not a great game. Uh, not the oh, best. For one team, it was. Uh, no. Yeah, for one, one team, team had a, more fun. It was fun. a fantastic game. So, for people that don't know what we're talking about, Bowling Green played Ohio. Uh, and OU is a pretty solid college football team. Uh, they beat Iowa State last week or two weeks ago, uh, which was a big win for them. I think they won 10-7. to um, And they beat Bowling Green 38-7, to I think was the final yeah. score. Yep. Um, that's a rough one. But... We had a ton of fun walking around the campus. A lot of new stuff on campus, guys. I mean, it's we we've been out for three three years here, um, and it 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 feels different. There's a lot of there's a lot of differences they made in three years. I was surprised by the amount they did. Uh, that was like considerable changes versus mm-hmm. when we were there. Um, but look, Trevor, it was a great trip. Really, really fun trip. Yeah, absolutely, it was. And I was, I mean. You know, Bowling Green, Ohio is just one of the greatest places on earth. It just is. Uh, You'd have to experience it to truly understand, I think. Um, But yeah, I mean, they they continue making improvements to the campus. I mean, it's already a beautiful campus. I mean, when when we were there, it was it was awesome. And, you know, it's the best. And they've made additions, obviously, the business building that we got to see, um, which unfortunately we we didn't get to, you know, have class in there and stuff. But they build it uh, after we left, and it's it's just a beautiful building. I mean, the the new classrooms, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, you know, they have the alumni gateway thing there, um, that they built that was new. So just so many new additions um, that the university continues to add on, and it was it was just a great day. You know, we got to go to Beckett's get a get a burger. They have really good burgers. That's probably I mean Beckett's that was the number one spot that I wanted to go to in BG. If we're talking about food um, in Bowling Green, Ohio, Beckett's is always going to be my number one. So it it was just a great day and a great trip. Beckett's is insane. What a great restaurant. Big shout out to Beckett's. I, I mean, that's another restaurant. I know I've been way too many times. Um, Ben, your, your, your thoughts about our our little trip yesterday. It was a great trip. I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, I hadn't been back there in three years, so um it was yeah like trevor said it was nice to see the campus it's paradise on earth as trevor would call it um just a just a beautiful place to be at all times um yeah and obviously the food was fantastic and the football game was fantastic for for one group of fans and the other fifteen thousand people that were there did not have a fun time but 
Um, that that's no. not the point. That doesn't matter. We don't we don't need to talk about sports on this podcast. That's not relevant at this point. Um, <laughs> if, if, I I I obviously you know enjoyed the trip. It was it was a a, a good time. Worth worth the uh the drive. And the other thing that I was saying yesterday is I kind of think it was our fault that uh, BG played so bad because that's what we're used to. When we were there, true. the football team was always bad. Last year, they made a bowl game. We, we, we got to go to the bowl game. Um, they lost the bowl game. I wonder if that had anything to do with us. Um, but they had a good season last year. And now, this season, we, we go back to the homecoming game and they lose by 31 points. I mean, I don't know. It, it might be something to do with us. Maybe we are the curse. I mean, I've been to a lot of Bowling Green losses. I say they have lost more than one when I've been there. Uh, ben, for sure, they've probably never won with Ben there because, you know, he's bad luck. So, uh, I mean, if you combined all of our records, it's got to be like, you know, 20 and 60 uh, that we've seen from Bowling Green, um, which is which is a rough one. But look, let's talk about some other college football games. This was, I feel like we were primed for a really good college football day and there just wasn't a lot of upsets. There wasn't a lot of parity. There was a lot of ranked losses because there was a lot of ranked teams playing. But um, I don't know if we had any upsets particularly as i'm looking at like the top 25 i don't think the higher rated team lost at all um but uh i I, there's definitely some games we want to get into um trevor where do you want to start today yeah so i think the ohio state Notre dame game is the best place to start here uh we we got home in time to see you know the end of this game last night and it was a really uh thrilling ending obviously ohio state was down 14 to 10 and they have the game-winning drive that seemed like it was going to end a couple times. There was a fourth down, I think. Uh, maybe they were inside, like, Notre Dame's 40 at this point. And I think it was, like, a fourth and seven, and McCord complete the pass to one of the receivers. And he just barely got the uh, seven yards. Um, and that extended the drive. They continued on. There was a third and 19 because they had a couple holding penalties and stuff like that. Um, they had a big play on that third and 19. And then from the one-yard line, on on the last play of the game, they they run it in um, after the incomplete pass to play before. So Ohio State does get the win. And even on like Henderson's run, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't super clear that he got it. I mean, I you could tell I, I thought that he got it, but it wasn't like he got it easily. So it was a very close win. You know, Ohio State barely did survive this one. But at the end of the day, a win is a win, you know, and this was at Notre Dame. It is a big win even though i think overall my takeaway even though i didn't watch this whole game would be that ohio state probably didn't have a super impressive impressive showing here i'm sure a lot of ohio state fans probably have that same opinion i think you probably would have liked them to play better but nevertheless they do get the win um here but there's obviously still going to be a lot of things to work on here as they get to some of the other tough games that they play um you know playing all these other teams are the Big Ten. Obviously, it's going to be tough. Yeah, Ben, what do you think? Um, I mean, it seemed like a good game. It was it was a close game. I think everybody was kind of hoping it'd be a it'd be a close game at the end. And I mean, the the game came down to, the, to quite literally the last play of the game. So uh, I think it lived up to the hype in terms of the intensity that it brought towards the end of the game. But yeah, I don't think I don't think I mean I, again I didn't watch the game, but it seems like neither team played fantastic. Obviously, with the super low scoring game like that, but um. Obviously, Ohio State was able to come out on top, and that's—I mean—that's a tough place to win. That's a tough team to win against. Notre Dame's pretty good this year. I didn't really care who won. I love Sam Hartman, but um, I mean, I'm fine with Ohio State winning. It doesn't bother me at all. So, um, I mean, yeah, good game. Uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, we'll see what what Ohio State and Notre Dame can do moving forward. I do think that this Notre Dame team is really good. 
Um, and I saw like all these Notre Dame fans are like half the fan base of Notre Dame super upset that they lost and they're they're mad at, at Marcus Freeman. The other half is reminding um, everyone that Brian Kelly probably would have lost that game by like 20 points. So um, I think Notre Dame's in a good spot. I do. I think Marcus Freeman's a good coach. He's obviously a fantastic recruiter and players love him. Um, and they have they have a, a pretty good program this year. So I, if you're a Notre Dame fan, I don't think you can be super upset with this loss because it's a it's a pretty justified loss to a to a, a solid Ohio State team. Um, so we'll, again, we'll see uh, what uh, what Notre Dame and what Ohio State can do moving forward this year. But I, th- I think both of them will obviously have uh, pretty pretty solid seasons. I mean, Ohio State was projected to win this game, and the line was three. So I mean, seventeen fourteen. That's that was what the line was. Um, I mean, Ohio State this year, it's it's not that they're a bad team at all. They they aren't quite what Ohio State has been. Um, and I, I think I think I agree with you, Ben. I really like Marcus Freeman. I think Notre Dame's a good football team. I think both these teams are solid football teams. Um, they're just like not one of like the top, top guys. Um, and I, I think this this kind of more settles that and proves it. I think the biggest winner of this game is this Ohio State in general. I mean, winning away at a top ten school, regardless of your rank, is a very difficult thing to do. Um, and I, I think that they should be proud for that. Um, I won't go in too much about this, but the biggest loser is Ryan Day. Uh, that was uh, calling out an 86-year-old Lou Holtz is a is a rough one for the mighty Ohio State, in my opinion. Um, but I I do agree. I I like both these teams. Um, I I think that they both will have good seasons moving forward. It does seem like Ohio State's a little bit uh uh just not quite what they 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 are you know over the past ten years not quite there. Um, I'm interested to see what the Notre team Notre Dame team can do next week. They have a big game against Duke. Um, coming out against Riley Leonard is going to be an interesting matchup for Notre Dame defense. Marcus Freeman is a very defensive-minded head coach, so I'm excited to see what they they draw up for um, for him as he's a projected first-round pick. Um, so I think exciting things moving forward for Notre Dame and Ohio State. Um, this is, a I think, a, a reasonable outcome for everyone involved. I'm surprised, Ben, to hear that like a lot of fans were really upset. I mean, a three-point loss to Ohio State, they, that they weren't projected to beat is it, that doesn't seem that crazy to me. Well, no, but I think a, I mean, a, a lot of no, 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 no. what you just said is ridiculous. They're they want to win. Notre Dame and by the way, Notre Dame and Ohio State hate each other. All their fans that is yeah. true. They, they do hate, hate each, each other. other. You so especially losing on the last play of the game. Of course, you're going to be upset if you're a Notre Dame. Fan. I definitely would be upset yeah. how that last drive was was handled and the and way stuff. like the the way it was lost. They it seemed yeah like the way they, it was it lost was like rough. They, were, they had it in their hands and. But like so taking my point is like if you take a step back and you look at it like they weren't projected no. to win. It doesn't matter. I mean, no, obviously but you want to win. I think they I'm were very confident. Win. They were very confident, but and and I mean, no. yeah. they had ten players on the field for the last two plays. So that, I mean, that's got yeah. to be some sort of. Did you of see that, Trevor? Issue. I heard about that. They yeah. had ten players I on the field for the last. Time. I think the the last drive was handled very poorly. That that I'd be upset about for sure. Um, the other thing I'd probably be upset about if I was a Notre Dame fan is they had almost 35 minutes of possession compared to Ohio State's 25 minutes. you got to take advantage more with the plays that you have, um, which they did not do. Um, I want to talk about another game here. I wanted to talk about Clemson and Florida State. Um, and Florida State's number four in the nation. I know Clemson is 2-2 two and two and they are unranked, but Clemson is, is still a very, very talented football team. Um, and their, their two losses now are to top 20 ranked teams. Florida State... Beating Clemson in Clemson by seven um, in overtime. To me, this has solidified Florida State a little bit more um, at, at their ranking. I feel like Florida State's had some like so-so 
performances uh, or performance last week, excuse me, beating Boston College by two. They did beat LSU by 21, um, which is a, a huge game in the first game of the year. Um, to me, that's the hardest, one of the hardest games that Florida State's going to have to play this whole year. They do have other ranked games they have to play. Um, they got to play Duke. They got to play Miami, both of which are at home. They do have to play Florida away. But to me, I, I can see Florida State going undefeated now. I feel like that was one of the bigger obstacles they had on their schedule, um, and it was a big win for them. Trevor, any anything else you want to mention in that game or any other games that you want to talk about? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I really agree about the Florida State thing. Um, I'm I'm still not sold on them. I mean, they almost lost to Boston College last week. Uh, Clemson almost beat them this week, and I get yeah, maybe Clemson isn't Clemson's still decent, but they're not like a top ten, fifteen team or anything. Um, so I I didn't love that from Florida State, but again, like we haven't seen a ton from any of these top teams really to to prove. Again, we said last week like there's no great teams in college football. Even Georgia has their flaws. Um, so I think we're still trying to figure out like what teams are, are there going to be teams that truly separate themselves? Because at the moment I feel like, yeah, I mean, Georgia's probably still maybe the best, but there's not like a ton of separation, which again is a good thing as a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that, but I, I don't think that Florida state, I'm still not convinced in them. And there's other teams. I'm still not, I'm still not convinced about Michigan. I'm still not convinced about, um, well, certainly, well, Alabama just frankly is, is not a contender this year. They, they did beat Ole Miss. They're just frankly not a contender. I'm not convinced about Ohio state, you know? So a lot of these top teams, I'm not super, uh, convinced about the, the one team that I will say that I think overall, I have been pretty impressed by overall, I think is Texas. I think Texas has showed to be a pretty solid team for sure. They're ranked number three. I mean, so yeah, they're ranked in the top three. I get it, but I think they seem to have a pretty well-rounded team. It's not like they are, um, again, there's no great team, but I think Texas has the solid uh, like defensive line, offensive line. They can win the battles at the line scrimmage. They kind of did that against Alabama. And they have a solid quarterback, so they they feel well-rounded to me. So that's the one thing I like about Texas. I also like Penn State for similar reasons. I think Penn State is a team that, they're number seven, so I don't think it would be correct to say they're under the radar necessarily. But I think Penn they're State overshadowed for sure. Yeah, I think Penn State is usually thought about as like in a on like a lower level than like Michigan and Ohio State, and I think they're on the same level as those teams. Personally, I think honestly, I think they're probably better than Ohio State. Um, you know, but we will see. I I, I think Penn State's good because I like their quarterback play. I think Drew Aller is pretty solid. And um, their defense has been pretty solid as well. I mean, Iowa, they held Iowa scoreless yesterday. So I like Penn State. We, I, I have the score up right now. I, I, we got to talk about Penn State. Iowa is number 24 in the nation. They are a ranked team. Penn State beat them 31-0. I'm going to read off some of the stats of this game because it's, it's wild. Okay? Total yards, Penn State had 397. Iowa, 76. Jeez. 76 yards. They had 56 passing yards. On the day. And this isn't like some slouch at quarterback. This is Cade McNamara. He was at Michigan and played. I mean, he wasn't great, but he played fine at Michigan. Five for 14, 42 yards. Now, Drew Aller, I don't know how much I, I, I'm down with the Drew Aller uh, hype that you're, you're lashing out here. I, I think he's fine. I, I think that's going to be kind of their kryptonite. It, it seems like he's his play is really the big limiter. But I think in the same regard, what you said, like you feel like he's on the level of Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, I mean, it's not like either of their quarterbacks are playing super well. 
So yeah. I, I do he, think I he, agree with you. I think he's Penn certainly State can, better. He's certainly better than McCarthy or McCord. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'd go that I'm, far. I'm but very he, confident in that. I don't know if I go that far. I, I, I mean, like yesterday against, a, I mean, the abysmal Iowa team. It seems like I don't know how yeah, this game's. It's wild. He was twenty-five for thirty-seven. He had four touchdowns, um, but he averaged per throw four and a half yards. So, like, I mean, it just seems like it was just like a men amongst boys in in this game. I'm interested when he plays uh, a Michigan, how well he can do. Uh, which I have more faith in McCarthy in that stance. But I do agree. It's not like they've played great. He seems like he's at, at bare minimum, at bare minimum. He's playing just as well as those guys. Um, he's playing better. And it, yeah, if not better at he's, this moment. Well, he's, so. No, he's, let's be clear. He's playing way better than them. Look at his numbers. He has eight touchdowns, no interceptions, 67 completion percentage. I mean, he's, he's playing way better than both of them. It's It's not even close. They're still trying to get their feet under themselves, especially McCord. He's still yeah. starting his first couple games. McCord's um, definitely, he's definitely and the worst McCarthy of all McCarthy has made quite a few outrageous mistakes. Yeah. Um, and, so, and Penn State's played better teams. Well, maybe not than Ohio State, because Ohio State's played Notre now, but Penn State's played West Virginia, they've played Illinois, and they've played Iowa, uh, three other four games being Power 5 schools. So it's, I mean, they haven't played like, it's not like they've played nobody's like Michigan has. So, dude, I'm, I, I'm, I'm down with the, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm down with what you're saying. Ben, any other games you want to mention here? Did you want to mention North Carolina, Trevor? But actually, before I go to Ben, uh, I mean, no, we, we talk about North Carolina every week. They beat Pitt. Uh, that was solid. But I think that's Pitt's not great. Pretty I'm much thinking. it. I mean, the LSU Arkansas game is close, which LSU seems like not as good as we thought they were going to be preseason. Um, you know, they struggled here. They did beat Arkansas again. It's, it's SEC play, a win's a win. Um, but they had the bad loss to Florida State. Now they, you know, barely escaped by Arkansas. So it just seems like LSU. They were preseason like. I don't know, five or six. Yeah, there were six. And they're they're not, you know, a top 10 team. It, it doesn't seem like. They haven't been no. playing that well. Ben, any final games you wanted to talk about? Yeah, the only team I wanted to talk about were America's team and Trevor's team, North Carolina. Uh, oh, yeah, did, yeah. Trevor, did you see Drake May threw a touchdown pass left-handed? If Patrick Mahomes did that, we would never see the end of it. I didn't even know that. I had to click on North Carolina's team on ESPN I to see the highlight. It was insane. I didn't even know about the that dude had, right now. The dude wow. like had it, like pulling him down from like his right shoulder, so he just took it and threw it left-handed to a wide-open dude at the end zone. Um, Drake May's winning the Heisman, Trevor. I'm on board now. I, I have fully, I'm fully on the <laughs> North go. Carolina train. Trevor, I thought it was one of the, the most idiotic statements has, that has ever been said on this podcast when you said North Carolina is making the college football playoff. Trevor, I hope you're right. I'm pulling for them so bad. That'd be so funny to see North Carolina, a, a very strong basketball school, make the college football playoff. I think, Trevor, I, th- I think if they make the college football playoff, I just officially have to claim them as a football school. Uh, you have to. They are. If they make the college football playoff, they are a football school, and there is no there is no question, there is no argument, there is no debate. They are a football school. Um, so, Trevor, I mean, I I am I am pulling for you. I I've never I've never hoped that you have been right more than I hope you're right about North Carolina because they seem like they're fun to, to watch, honestly, Trevor. I, I think I need to start watching their games more because you, you were right. Drake May is kind of awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. If, if Drake May wants to win the Heisman, he has a massive uphill battle to do that. Uh, he has currently 1,200 yards, five touchdowns, and four picks. I'm pretty sure but, but Caleb Brandon, Williams had he five threw one left-handed, last game. But he threw a touchdown left-handed no one else has. So that's like that's like an extra 10 touchdown passes right there. The two picks he threw in the uh, what game was it? The yeah, they weren't his fault. One game were not his fault. Yeah, um, he just has a massive. He's got a big uphill battle. I mean, like, yeah. If we're gonna look at like Caleb Williams' stats, 
Yeah, I mean Caleb Williams. Yeah, Caleb Williams is uh, he's he has 15 touchdowns and no interceptions yeah, on 1200. Caleb Williams is the front. So I, well, I Caleb think Williams, that... Caleb Williams is a social media quarterback. Drake May just wins football games. He's just a winner. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, um, I think we have to touch on uh, the Colorado. Yeah, game as I, well, we did forget quick. to talk about Colorado. I want to point out on this podcast, I was like, "Yep, we're we're done." Because ultimately, I understand there's a lot of hype around Colorado. It's not that they don't have some talent, but I I mean they they were not a great football team. Like I I think that was I to me I feel like that was relatively clear. They did beat up on some good teams, and they did beat TCU, and that was a big win. I think after the Colorado State game, it was pretty clear. I I feel like we. There was a lot of hype that clouded, like, actually. Like, number one, is Deion Sanders really a good coach? Probably not. I think he's a great recruiter and a great guy. Like, I think people want to play for him. But to me, I haven't seen, like, like a great coaching moment out of him. I've seen him be like, my son is really good at football. I'm just going to well, give I him mean, the ball. I he, mean, his son is the quarterback. Yeah. His son's a really good quarterback. Yeah. He certainly had something to do with his son being a good quarterback, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he he was one of the best players. He has good genes. He, Deion Sanders is one of the best right. players of all time. But I think, you know, I, I think he also had something to do He with also that. is, like, mentored by Tom Brady and stuff. I mean, his son his son has a good uh, a good leg up in yeah. the battle. Mentored by Deion Sanders, too. Yeah, Deion, Deion does coach. I'm saying coaching from a, a team perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's quite yeah. quite that coach. No, I mean, this was... Oregon's in a different level than than Colorado by by a mile. I think uh, next week's game they play against USC will be a similar result of uh, uh, just a, a demolishing. As I think I think USC is better than Oregon. Another thing about Oregon is they they run up the score. They don't care about anything. They're just they score so many points. That's another person. Bo Nix is in the Heisman talk. He's 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 done really well, um, and he's like playing himself into like being like an actual like good prospect. Um, which is really interesting. Uh, I mean, he he already has eleven touchdowns that ties his total from his twenty twenty one season at Auburn. Uh, so, I I think uh, uh, Oregon's a good football team. Colorado's not as good of a football team, and just the way better football team won. Ben, any any thoughts on Colorado here? Yeah, I mean, I, nobody again, nobody really expected them to win the national championship or anything, and and let's uh, let's not forget that uh, that one of the three of us picked Oregon to win the uh, the Pac-12 and on this podcast. I can't remember who, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Trevor, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't Brandon. Um, I mean, so I my, wouldn't have picked Oregon to win. So my uh, so my uh, my pick looked pretty good there, but yeah, I mean, Colorado's not great. Nobody thinks that no, again, nobody realistically thinks they're going to win the national championship. I think again, more of their hype was the fact that they were supposed to win like three games and they won their first three games anyway. So. Um, they're still obviously outperforming expectations by a mile, but yeah, they're not. I mean, I don't think I'm. I'm not like super surprised by this outcome at all. I figured Oregon would win by a decent amount, maybe not by thirty, whatever, thirty six points or whatever it was. But um, no, I think it's a. It was. It was an uphill battle for Colorado. Oregon just has a lot more talent, so um, I think it's it's an expected outcome, expected result in terms of Oregon um, outplaying outplaying Colorado and yeah like you said I think whoever Colorado plays next week if it's USC I would expect a similar result because USC has much more talent than Colorado has yeah yeah 100% all right anything else we talk about college football I think we can we can kind of move it along here to the NFL nope NFL time NFL time all right so um NFL um last week's games I mean we'll, we'll briefly touch on them again which is by the time this comes out the the, the next games will already be played um, so not too, too much I wanted to discuss here, but Trevor, what, what game did you want to touch on? Um, yeah. 
First I game. think first, just in general, last Sunday was pretty incredible. In particular, the, the one o'clock games were incredible. Um, the endings of a lot of these games were great. I mean, I guess I'll start with the Seahawks Lions because I was watching that one pretty closely. Uh, Geno Smith played really well in this game. This was a pretty offense heavy game, obviously. Seahawks win it 37-31 in overtime. I think both of these teams are, are solid. I think they're both playoff teams. Um, but Geno Smith played well. 32 for 41 this game, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 328 yards. Uh, he had a game-winning drive. He had just a, a lot of uh, key key plays, um, you know, completing passes to Tyler Lockett through the air. That connection is uh, like peanut butter and jelly. Um, it, it looks really good out there. I, and I, again, the Seahawks, when Ben and I talked a few weeks ago, I think the Seahawks were like number two on my like teams that I wanted to see the most, the Sunday ticket team. So, I got to see the Seahawks. They're a very fun team, um, and I love that Gino is is thriving out there. We also saw, um, let's see, what was another? Well, we had Chiefs-Jags. Chiefs hold on. The Chiefs, again, like, uh, their offense is still struggling a little bit. Again, lack of receivers um, is part of that issue there. Um, they still get the job done. They beat the Jaguars. However, it seems like the Chiefs' defense is actually pretty solid. I mean, so far, we'll see. Um, I mean, but they played the Lions and the Lions beat them, but they did hold the Lions to 21 points. They held the Jacksonville Jaguars to nine points. I don't know. The Chiefs defense might be good, and this could be a different kind of configuration of this Chiefs team and this Chiefs, the, you know, this dynasty they're trying to build here where, you know, in the past it's been their offense is like one of the best in the league and their defense is just kind of like average. I think that might be changing a little bit where the defense could, I don't know, we'll see, it's still early, it's two weeks, but maybe their defense ends up being one of the better defenses in the league and the offense struggles a little bit more, but they're still one of the best teams in the league, you know, so I think that's interesting, the Chiefs. And then uh, the other 1 o'clock game, obviously, well, there were a couple other ones, Chargers-Titans, Chargers fall again, Brent Staley, Izzy on the hot seat. They fall in overtime. I mean, has he not been on the hot seat for two He's years? He's got to be. He's got to be on it's the hot terrible. seat, you know? And so the Chargers lose again. It's just, it's interesting, you know? I know all the the football nerds, they love Justin Herbert, and they bring up, oh, well, Justin Herbert has this many game-winning drives. All I know is, you know, the Chargers, they find ways to lose uh, important games a lot, a lot. We saw it in the playoffs last year. So just wanted to mention that. And then the last one, um, I could throw it to you guys as Ravens Bengals. Obviously, Ravens win this 27-24. Uh, big game for Lamar Jackson. He was probably the most impressive player of last week. Um, either him or Micah Parsons. Um, so very good game for him. And the Ravens, I think, just played a really good game. Um, I don't care that the Bengals are 0-2. I still think they're a very good team. Uh, they're just having a slow start. Um, they're gonna get it together though. Um, so but again, I think this was more about good Ravens, less about bad Bengals, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, let's, I can start with the Bengals-Ravens game, because um, I have a, a good amount of analysis here. I, I think the biggest thing about this game is that the Ravens won, for the Ravens' perspective, they won, and they don't have to go back to Cincinnati to play another game, at least until the playoffs. Like, that that would be bare minimum uh, if it gets there. That would be, that. that's quite a lot for both teams. Uh, if we if we get there, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, but my... I, I think that's the biggest thing to come out of this game. Uh, Lamar looked absolutely fabulous. I mean, that you're, it's it's going to be tough to beat the Baltimore Ravens if if Lamar Jackson's going to play like that. Uh, I mean, they ran the ball really well, averaged almost five yards a carry. I I think uh, I 100% agree with you, Trevor. I I think this is more good Ravens than bad Bengals. The Bengals in the first half looked 
not great, Ben. I think you'd admit that. The second half, they looked much, much better. I honestly feel like, and uh, Ben, maybe you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think a three-point loss for them here was like, considering how they started, really not that bad. This seems like they're like, they almost seem like a, like a, a like a, a gun that's like aiming up and they're like slowly getting to their target. I feel like they moved closer to their target after this game. I think they're 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 definitely a slow starting team, but I feel like they're getting closer and closer to getting back on track. The second half was a much better half, especially in the passing sense. Um and Ben, again, I'm interested in your thoughts. I think one of the big Bengals' biggest things is they gotta get Jamar Chase more involved. Uh it just seems like he he hasn't been quite as big of a uh, a deal in these first two games. And I, I really would like to see him uh, get more involved uh, in, in these games. It just it just seems like he's not quite uh, what it's been. Part of it, I think, is Joe Burrow is not being, he's not 100% healthy. And I, 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 I for your sake, Ben, I, I hope he doesn't play this week because I think he needs to rest a week. Uh, and it, it doesn't appear like the Bengals want to rest him, although it does seem like he is going to sit this week. Well, I think. they got to win. I mean, it's it's true. See, that's the tough part um, is that they, they kind of have to win this Rams game. <laughs> Not kind of. I think they do. So it's it's kind of tricky. That That's the biggest worry is obviously Joe Burrow's health and, you know, figuring that out. But I think this is an important game. It would be uh, tough to sit him, I think. I I think if they played a division rival again, it would be tough to sit him. The fact that it's in the NFC, it's it's not a divisional game. I mean, he can't, he's not healthy. He's got to sit at some point in time. I think he'd rather do it earlier than later. Um, and if you don't sit him, it's just going to keep on re-aggravating the injury. So Ben, we'll throw it to you. Talk about your team a little bit. What did you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the first half, they weren't good. Towards the end of the first half, they looked better. And then the second half, they looked fine. I think they looked they looked about expected. In the second half, they drove right down the field two or three times. No issues, ran the ball great, threw the ball great. Um Obviously, it's it's frustrating. You don't want to start 0-2. But again, like, last year they started 0-2. Two tough games. They had to start with the Steelers and then the Cowboys last year. This year they had, obviously, two divisional games to start. So they're starting 0-2 two years in a row, but it's not like they're losing to cupcake teams. Like, their their schedule has been tough at the beginning of the year, both years. So I'm not worried about the 0-2. The 0-2 thing doesn't bother me. It's more Joe Burrow that's, that is what concerns me. If Joe Burrow is healthy and they're 0-2, I'm like, they're fine. They did it last year. But the reason why I'm concerned is because I don't know the deal with Joe Burrow. Um, I don't know if he's going to play on, on Monday night. It's it's He's questionable, and he's been practicing pretty much f- full participant practice. I think he's listed as limited, but he's been doing all the, completing all the throws and doing all the, with all the first-team reps the last few days. So if I had to guess, I would say he's going to play, but I'm not sure. Um, I have no idea, and I don't really know what the right decision is. I don't think there is a right decision because I think you have to win, but I also think that if he's not 100% healthy, he shouldn't play. But – He's not going to be 100% healthy regardless of if he sits or not. Like, So I don't think it's going to matter in that aspect. I think he's going to be hurt um, if he plays or not. It doesn't play. So I don't really know what the right decision is. In terms of Jamar Chase, yeah, Jamar Chase is frustrating. Everyone's frustrated. But this is the same thing that happened last year. We went through a, a two- or three-game stretch where Jamar Chase wasn't involved and everyone's blaming coaching and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, Jamar Chase had like a five-game stretch where he was phenomenal. So I don't really know the answer to that. I'm not going to act like I'm... I'm smarter than the coaches on the Bengals, but they, they obviously need to do something because you're seeing all these other players in the NFL, all these other elite wide receivers in the NFL, like like a Tyreek Hill and like a Justin Jefferson and all those guys that have um, these super creative ways of, of getting their guys open and the Bengals, for whatever reason, have a hard time finding ways to get Jamar Chase open, even though they have the best receiving core in the NFL and even though there are other guys on the field that the defenses have to guard. Um, but for whatever reason, the Bengals struggle to find ways to get Jamar Chase open. So it's frustrating, but 
it's not the end of the world. Again, it's a long season. I'm not going to be a Browns fan here and overreact to two games. Um, but it, it is obviously a little bit concerning just because of the health of, of the most important player on the field. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's, 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 I'm nervous. I'm, I'm scared. It's obviously not fun losing two divisional games to start the year, but they lost their first three divisional games last year. So it could be worse. Um, I'm going to try to remain optimistic as much as I can, but it's becoming more and more difficult again, because of Joe Burrow's health and because of this lingering injury that all the experts are saying it's not going to go anywhere for the next five or six weeks or so. It's just something he's going to have to deal with. So we'll see what happens. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm remaining optimistic, but um, starting 0-3 would obviously not be ideal. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm kind of preparing for the worst. Yeah, I, I think that's a reasonable outlook. That, that makes sense to me. Uh, guys, any other games you want to talk about past week before we move on to the current week? Yeah, I think there's a couple other things that are that are really big that happened. Obviously, you know, some bad news. Nick Chubb, he's, you know, obviously yeah. the injuries. We did get good news season. on it, though, yesterday. I don't know if you saw. We got good what news. Was, what was good news? It seems like it was, it was just an MCL injury. Okay. It, it seems like there's not total tears to the other uh, ligaments, which is, okay. that's really good news. That means most likely, knock on wood, it is not career-ending. Okay. Um, so we did receive some good news. That's good. Yeah. Um, because a thirty-year-old running back, multiple knee injuries. That's that's going to be really tough. Um, we definitely all hope. I mean, I, I no one wants anyone injured, but specifically Nick Chubb. He's such a n- nice guy. Yeah. Um, he's a fantastic football player. I mean, I would argue he's the best running back in the league. Um, so we definitely want him to get right at her. But that is the good news. I, I apologize for cutting. Yeah. You off. No, that's that's definitely a good thing. But I think that obviously he's the most important player to the Cleveland Browns, and without him, it's going to be tough. Again, like you know, maybe Jerome Ford, you know, can have a have a pretty good season. I mean, they still have a good offensive line, um, and some of these other running backs they have can can produce and do well. I I, but I think it's tough. I think the Browns. I think they had kind of have a decision to make because they could continue running their offense as they have and have it, you know, completely focused on the running game, or you can kind of play a little more risky and you can really find out what Watson can truly do. And you can just start airing it out more and you could just say, well, Hey, like if he makes mistakes, if, if he ends up, if we just go to a more passing focused offense and he doesn't come through, then we have our answer for sure on if, Deshaun Watson's in the answer and I get that's kind of like <laughs> it's it's it honestly doesn't matter a ton because they paid him all this money they're sort of committed to him at this point but in a way you would kind of have your answer if you try to go that route of like is Deshaun Watson going to be capable of leading this team you know anywhere important to the playoffs to you know a Super Bowl whatever so they could go that route. I think it's a it's a tough call on what to do. Um, but the Browns still have this really good defense. I think their defense is so far from what we've seen. I think a top three, top four defense in the NFL. I think you have the Niners, you have the Cowboys, and then I think you probably have the Browns. Uh, maybe like the Jets, you could throw in there. But I think Browns probably top three, top four defense in the NFL. So if you have that, they're always going to have a chance to to win games, right? They're always going to be in these games. They'll probably still get up to at least seven wins you know seven eight wins ish something like that because of how good their defense is but Nick Chubb obviously is your best player most important player and it's going to be tough without him um I also want to talk about the Bears this is also sort of sad news not for injury reasons but just because well unfortunately they suck um it's it's sad to say um (laughs) why would you do that to them I'm sorry what is wrong with (laughs) you they would say the same thing you know they would say the same thing it it really sucks and it's, oh, again, 
over the years now, it's because of their organization. It's because of the decisions they made, the coaching decisions that have been made. Um, you know, they have obviously they haven't set fields up for success. The offensive line is still bad. Uh, the coaching staff is terrible. The off the organization's terrible. The defense they have basically gotten rid of all of their best defensive assets over the last three four years. And I get part of that is because they're trying to get better draft picks. They're trying to improve the offense and. <laughs> The result is that now instead of having a decent defense and a terrible offense, now it's a terrible defense and a mostly terrible offense as well. So it's it's tough. I think this was the one game. I mean, you're playing Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not a good team. You have to win this game. And they lost by 10, um, 27 to 17. This was maybe the worst game I've ever seen Justin Fields play. It was uh, It was very glaring in terms of the decisions he made at times um, because – at some point, there were going to be some plays where you just got to find the open guy. You know, it, it like if you are getting even if you ha are in a bad situation, there's going to be certain plays that are just you you got to make something happen at some point. You got to despite all of the things that are going against you, you got to try to find a way. And I think Fields had quite a few bad plays. He just the biggest thing with Fields is that he just takes way too long to make a decision. He'll sit there, he'll stand in the pocket, and he'll overthink, he'll overanalyze. There will be, there was one play where there were four wide open receivers and he just took a sack. Another play, he threw the ball, he stood in the pocket, threw the ball to a defensive lineman for a pick six. It, it's just, it's pretty atrocious. And I hope that, you know, maybe Justin Fields, if he got in another situation, goes to another team, maybe he could do better. But I'm a lot less confident in that after seeing how this season has started for him and the Bears because I, I had a lot of hope for this offense, at least. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, but I thought the Bears could get maybe seven wins because I thought that they were going to be able to score a lot of points uh, this season, which is not really the case. Uh, last thing, I'll just go quickly. Pat Patriots, Dolphins. Dolphins are really solid. I think two is rising in the quarterback rankings quite a lot. Um, I, I'm I'm now kind of a two a believer. I, I must admit. Obviously, you always have the concerns about the injuries, but it seems like he prepared with the, with the team doctors and stuff like that to really do a lot of things to prevent those things. And so far, it's looking really good. And he's obviously been playing uh, pretty out of his mind. So impressed by that. As far as the Patriots go. They lack speed. They lack talent. Ultimately, as good as Bill Belichick is, as good as, you know, bringing Bill O'Brien as the corner, Max, Max actually playing pretty well, I think. I think he's playing pretty well. Defense is good. But ultimately, they don't have speed. Their weapons suck. Their receivers are trash. Their tight ends aren't good. Um, their offensive line's okay. But they don't have speed. So they can't match a team like the Dolphins. They can't match a team like the Bengals. These other contenders in the AFC, the Ravens, they can't match these teams because they don't have the speed. Um, so that's ultimately the Patriots' downfall. That's the reason they won't make the playoffs this year. I want to talk about the, the Bears just quickly real quick because that was the funniest intro I, I've ever heard into the Bears. <laughs> but one we do need it. one thing I want to mention. The Bears had two generational-level generational level defensive talents in Khalil Mack and Raquan Smith, and they traded them both away. Um, and one of them, Raquan Smith, they traded for a fifth-round pick. I understand he needed a contract. You don't trade a generational talent for a fifth-round pick, um, which is what they did. Uh, so, yeah, really rough uh, from the Bengals' front office. I agree with everything you said about them. Whoa, ben, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's step bears. back here, Brandon. Yeah, Did I say Bengals? That's a Freudian slip right there. You're thinking Bengals. You're, you're, you want to secretly <laughs> trash the Bengals, and you just didn't, no, mean to, no. uh, didn't mean to say it out loud. 
No, the Bengals front office has done a marvelous job. That would be the exact opposite. They, I would argue they have one of the better front offices currently in terms of the talent they have produced. They have done an amazing job with many, many draft picks hitting T. Higgins, Lamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. I mean, we, the list goes on, and that's just on offense. Um, so they've done a, a really good job. Uh, not, I did not mean Bengals. I meant Bears. Um, Ben, any, anything else you want to talk about NFL wise, uh, here before we kind of get to the end of the pod? I mean, in terms of the Bears, like the Bears are playing the Chiefs this week. So I'm excited to just, I think you should just let Justin Fields, like, let it rip, dude. Like, what do you got to lose at this point? You're 0-2. The season seems to be falling apart. Your defensive coordinator just quit. Like, at this point, I think they should just let Justin Fields do his thing. Like, let him, do not, do not stress him out with all these different reads and stuff. Just let him go out there and play football. He said that that's like, he said he feels like he's not going out there and playing football. It's like, he said it feels like a job to him. He's, he's overthinking it. Um, I mean, you're obviously not expected to beat the Chiefs by any means. So I think just go out there and let Justin Fields do his thing. I mean, obviously he's a fantastic athlete. He's a fantastic talent. Um, I, I do think that, you know, a lot of it is coaching. I think he has the talent. He has the ability. He obviously has made a lot of mistakes as well. But, I mean, you just got nothing to lose. Go out there and play the Chiefs and, and, and do your thing. Let, let the offense kind of just, just do whatever. I guess I shouldn't say do whatever. But you know what I mean. Let, 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 him, let him be free a little bit to, uh, to be creative and, and play his game. Because I think he, he's been trying to, 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 to be a pocket passer and trying to be you know, a long-term quarterback in the NFL, which I understand. But at the end of the day, it's not working. So, so let Justin Fields go out there and run around and do his thing. And, um Give, give his best effort against, uh, obviously, a Chiefs team that's much better than them. So I'm actually very excited to, to, to watch part of the, of the Chiefs-Bears game just for that aspect. I'm curious to see how, how, the, how the Bears come out after, uh, yeah, just a terrible two weeks and obviously a terrible week this past week in terms of off-the-field issues. So, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, 100%. All right, anything else you guys would like to talk about before we wrap up the pod today? Um, well, we got to do our cross off or, our, oh uh, yes, we eviction. do we cross off, cross um, off, cross off. I, I'm excited for the games this week. Obviously again, big, big game Rams Bengals. That's probably maybe the best game of the week. Um, so that one's a big one. Uh, other than that, I mean, I think a lot of these one o'clock games are pretty solid. Um, I mean, Patriots jets, Patriots can't go. zero and three, if you lose to the jets, your season's pretty much over. Um, Titans Browns is interesting. Uh, Broncos dolphins, I think is yeah, I don't know. Well, we will see. Um, but yeah, I think we should get to our kind of eviction here. Our uh, or uh, no, well, I about to say I we have a term for it. You gave it. it. Yeah, yeah. So our NFL Tribal Council, right? That's that's yeah. that's what we're gonna name this segment. So yeah, let me. Just... I I mean I I have the team. I this is an easy pick to me. I I okay. I would argue we made the wrong pick last week for the for this team. Um, it's got to be the Texans. The the Texans are terrible. They're really awful. Um, I mean, losing to a a, a Colts team uh, that kind of half had uh, Anthony uh, Richardson in the game. Uh, the Texans are just god awful. They're they're just not a good football team. Um, I think they're going to go in three today. It doesn't even seem like they have any hope offensively, defensively. It just doesn't matter. Uh, it's a complete rebuilding year. They will not be making the playoffs. Yeah, and, and just to just so the audience knows, the way we do this. Um, is that essentially we're crossing off a team, we're evicting a team every single week, basically. And this is, we're saying like these teams are, there's no chance they're going to make the playoffs. So last week was our first week doing this of the season. We picked the Arizona Cardinals, um, because we believe they have no chance of making the playoffs. We're going to do this every week until we get to the end of the season. So Brandon thinks the Texans, I think the Texans would be a great selection. That's probably where I am leaning as well. Um, you know, another loss to the Colts, they gave up 31 points. 
Um, I think it's a tough sell there. If we're looking at other two and zero and two teams, I mean, let's see. The Broncos are zero and two. I I still think um, we can wait a couple more weeks, even though I don't believe in the Broncos. Uh, the Bears are certainly another contender. I'm you know I already talked about the Bears. I'm not going to say anything else. Um, and unfortunately. Uh, my Carolina Panthers here are um yeah, they're, not, they're not, good. not looking very I, good here. I will never understand um, your belief in the Carolina Panthers. It's a, de- it's a defense. It's a defense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the Texans here is the is the best uh, choice. Ben, you want to make it three for three? Yeah, Texans is easy. I mean, it was again, it was between Texans and Cardinals or whatever it was last week. So, um, and I said, I told you, I said, well, perfect. That means next week's gonna be super easy. So Texans is uh is an easy choice there. They are not good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap up our podcast there for today. Uh, we, we thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, go check out our website, thesmallballers.com, so you can stay up to date with everything that goes live, as well as our Twitter, at the Baller. Both those links will be in the description. Uh, we have another Five Seconds of Fame coming out next week, um, so stay tuned with that. Big Brother has been really interesting, uh, really great. We're in a great position in the season uh, in terms of who's left in the house, uh, so definitely go check that out. Um, subscribe to the podcast, leave five-star review. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.